Hey there, welcome back to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a more compassionate plant-based lifestyle. I am one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we are pleased to welcome Callie Ackland of Hippie Haven, the first zero-waste store in South Dakota. We're going to talk to Callie about what a zero-waste store is and also about the mission of Hippie Haven, whose vendors are 70% women-owned. But before we get into that, let's hear from today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by the Golden Apple Roundtable. Who are the members of the Golden Apple Roundtable? These are the folks that help ensure that the lights stay on at Vegetarian Zen by providing us with monetary support via Patreon.com. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get support from their fans, followers, and community members. Many people don't realize that there are costs involved in putting together a podcast, but we do incur costs for media hosting, website hosting, equipment, etc. Any monetary support that we receive through Patreon goes directly back into the cost of producing the show and keeping it going free to our listeners. If you're interested in supporting us on a monthly basis, please head out to patreon.com forward slash vegetarian zen and there you will see a video of Larissa and me. And in that video, we discuss the mission of Vegetarian Zen. On the right-hand side of the page, you're going to see some various support levels, anywhere from a dollar a month to $50 a month. And you can also customize your uh, level of giving, by the way. Those are just some suggestions. Certain levels will qualify you for some Vegetarian Zen swag, such as a car magnet, recyclable grocery bags, stickers, or a t-shirt. Even a dollar a month can go a long way to help keep the podcast going. So thank you to our current, our past, and our future Golden Apple Roundtable members. Thank you. If you're not interested in contributing on a monthly basis, we also have a one-time button located on our website that says buy us a juice. If you go to vegetarianzen.com forward slash support, you will see that at the bottom of the page. And you can provide us with a one-time monetary contribution to help support the show. And we are very happy to announce that we do have a new member of the Golden Apple Roundtable, and that is, whoops, let me uh, cue the fanfare. And that is Rebecca Johnson, who came in at our broccoli batty level. We'll say batty. (laughs) (laughs) Because we can't say the word on our G-rated podcast. (laughs) I just told Larissa, how did we have, it wasn't a really bad word, but we want to keep it rated G. Yeah. Okay. But uh, anyways, thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining the Golden Apple Roundtable, and we greatly appreciate your support. All right. Are we ready to get into our show? Yes. So Callie Ackland is the owner of Bestowed Essentials and Hippie Haven, as Vicky mentioned. They are two earth-conscious companies based in South Dakota. Her personal mission is to provide people with the knowledge and tools they need to spark positive change in their community. Callie's career began when she joined the U.S. Navy because she wanted to change the world. She started her first eco-friendly business, Bestowed Essentials, at the age of 23 while still on active duty. In just under three years, Bestowed Essentials grew to be South Dakota's largest soap company. You can find their products stocked in more than 150 stores across the U.S. and Canada. She recently opened Hippie Haven Shop, the first zero-waste store in South Dakota. Callie is also the host of the popular Hippie Haven podcast, a free resource all about living a harmonious and eco-conscious life. All right. Without further ado, let's bring Callie on the show. Welcome to the show, Callie. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. welcome. We're glad you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we definitely want to hear a little bit about your businesses. But first, before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So I am primarily a zero waste activist. And what zero waste is for anybody who doesn't know, first of all, it's a completely misleading term. You know, the word zero being included makes people think that they have to make no trash whatsoever, which is impossible to do. We live in a linear economy, not a circular sharing economy, unfortunately. So that's, you know, one of the long-term goals that I'm working towards. Um, but, you know, the, the premise behind the zero waste movement the zero waste lifestyle is to just do your best each and every day to not harm anyone, any other being on the planet or the planet itself. And so, you know, we're trying to be conscious in our consumption. Everybody knows the three R's, right? Reduce, reuse, recycle. We want to go a little step beyond that. You know, we want to be rethinking what do we really need? What do we really want? We want to be refusing those things that we don't want. And we need to be, you know, reframing the mindset of, of what is trash and what is reusable, repurposable, what's repairable. Um, and then, of course, you know, the other the other R word that I love is rot. Compost is something that I'm uh, hugely passionate about and I think is really important. Food waste is a really big issue related to sustainability and the climate crisis. So, the work that I does the the work that I do um, it has several different areas. I uh, my team and I opened the first zero waste store and community space. We're in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, and that's called Hippie Haven. We offer refillable, reusable products here. Um, when we can, obviously not currently in light of the COVID pandemic, we do small business pop-ups and educational workshops and different community events and that type of thing, as well as, well as having like a free lending library um, and other uh, recycling services and, and other community services like that. And then I also have a zero waste product manufacturing company called Bestowed Essentials. And our products are now in over 200 stores around the U.S. and Canada. And so with that, we're just trying to get sustainable alternatives to things that you're using around the home every day, you know, your soap, your shampoo, your uh, dish soap, your laundry soap, all these different things that you use consistently. We want affordable and accessible products um, to, to be out there and to be more mainstream. And so that's what we're working towards. And then I also have the Hippie Haven podcast. We do new episodes every week. That's all about, um, you know, just uh, holistically living harmoniously with ourselves, with others, and with the planet. Um, and then I also do events and um, a few other uh, projects that are that are in the works but haven't come to fruition yet. So that's, that's pretty much what I do. Wow. Wow. So you're super busy. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> so. So what inspired you to embrace uh, zero waste lifestyle and start your, your businesses? My personal inspiration for a zero waste lifestyle was actually watching this documentary. It's available on Netflix. It's called A Plastic Ocean. And, you know, I grew up in California and Oregon. I consider myself, you know, very West Coast hippie. Recycling was a total norm for me. And so when I joined the military and was stationed in the South, I was stationed in the state of Georgia, it blew my mind, among other things, about the cultural differences. Um, but one of them was that recycling was not a thing there. And I realized that you know, not everybody grew up as earth conscious as I had. And then watching this documentary, I realized there was so much more that I could be doing and that I should be doing. And I realized that 
you know, as an earthling, I have this moral responsibility to treat my fellow human beings, to treat the planet as best as possible and to, you know, hopefully leave the world the tiniest bit better than I came into it. And so it was really that documentary that just opened my eyes to the Great Pacific Ocean garbage patch to start with. And then that night I was like Googling what is zero waste because they had mentioned it in the documentary and how to go zero waste. And that was back in um, 2017. And I had actually already started the Soda Essentials at that point as a small soap business. I was, you know, selling on Etsy at the local farmer's market. It was kind of just a side hustle as I was still in the Navy at that time. Um, But that made me a lot more conscious of my business practices and how they could be more sustainable and more ethical as well. And so that led to a transition um, to, to better business practices and to really um, be engaging and using my business for good. Um, and that's what I've been doing ever since. I, I got out of the military at the end of December 2017 and have been a full-time entrepreneur since then. Um, and, you know, that's that's the work that I've been doing. And just that one documentary about plastic pollution in the ocean has just led me to learn so much more about the climate emergency and about environmental racism and about other social justice issues and how all of these things are combined. You know, it can be overwhelming that all of the different issues in the world that are going on. Um, but I also think, you know, it's impossible to just focus solely on one individual issue because they are all so interconnected. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really like the way, you know, in the, in the very beginning when we started talking, uh, what you said about zero waste not being about all or nothing in the sense that, because I think people overwhelm themselves and they just think, well, why bother? And, and we've oh, talked about that. Even our message is, look, do as best as you can and, and do a little bit better and keep educating yourself. But if you're just going to go, oh, I want to leave a zero, zero footprint. I mean, that's just not possible. But what can you do? What can you, what can you uh, learn and implement that can help to reduce your footprint? So I really love that clarification. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, actually, that zero waste is the term that's caught on and become so well known, um, because it is so misleading, and it, it makes it seem so unachievable. Um, it's intimidating. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's so intimidating. You know, there's a, a secondary, much less commonly used term called a low impact lifestyle, which is much more suitable, but it just hasn't caught on the same way. Unfortunately, you know, when I say like low impact, people are like, what, like low impact cardio? And I'm like, no, (laughs) but you know, it it does all interconnect. And I think that just goes hand in hand when we're talking about trash and how it's impossible to make zero, you know, zero waste. That's the same reason why, you know, I, I don't try to push everybody to become vegan overnight. I'm like, that is just so not, how it's going to happen. And that's just going to stress people out. And I am a really big proponent of baby steps. Now that isn't an excuse to, you know, take forever and and accomplish nothing. You have to actually be taking action steps, but take those manageable baby steps, whether that's, you know, eating more plants in your diet and maybe some less meat or, you know, looking at your trash and your plastic consumption and all of that. Well, it's a big reason why like diets don't work, right? Because if of you're trying course. to be on a diet and you think, oh, well, I just blew it. I might as well just do whatever I want now. It's that same mm-hmm. kind of mentality. So totally agree. I also love what you said about, you know, the documentary watching the, uh, what was it? Plastic Ocean? Uh, a Plastic we'll, Ocean, yeah. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. And, uh, you know, it was a couple of documentaries that we saw back in 2013 that actually 
made us go vegetarian. I mean, that same day we were, there was no way I was even really, I wasn't consciously, I always say maybe subconsciously I was ready to go there, but I didn't go, Oh, I'm going to watch a couple of documentaries and then I'll be a vegetarian (laughs) overnight. You know, it was, it was very much something that just impacted us. And I think that also shows the power of the information that's out there and how much information, I mean, I know it can be very overwhelming, but there's some really good information out there that, that um, can help educate us too. Definitely. Yeah. It was actually, it was earlier in 2017 before I saw Plastic Ocean. Um, It was in the summer. I'm actually coming up on three years now that I watched What the Health on Netflix. And that's really what spurred me more towards a plant-based lifestyle as well. So I, I love the power of documentaries or, you know, any type of, of media to, to educate and inform ourselves. And I I think that, you know, the saying knowledge is power is, is true for a reason. Absolutely. This episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast is being brought to you by Cheery Bird Vintage, our online vintage store. Have you ever caught yourself saying, they just don't make them like that anymore? I have. We have, both of us. Uh, And this is why we decided to open our online shop filled with many of the clothes, shoes, games, toys, housewares that we grew up with that our grandparents used, our parents used, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, Vintage items are not only fun and unique, but reusing them helps free up space in landfills. So it's also good for the planet and it's fun. So whether you're looking for something vintage chic to wear or something fun and decorative for your home or maybe some old toys to play with or give them to your kids, but you actually play with them. Uh, check out our shop at cheerybirdvintage.com. And now back to the show. So one of the things I noticed on your website as I was looking through it, it was really, I, I just love, and I think this is so important, especially in this day and age, is the transparency on your website with respect to your values. I think that's so important. And, you know, one of the things that you say is we believe in this day and age, it's simply unethical for a business to not take a public stance. I love that. I love that you put out there the immediate climate action, LGBT rights, indigenous rights, Black Lives Matter, healthcare for all. I just love that. Now, having been, having had this microphone on ourselves since 2013, I know that with standing, uh, some people aren't. (laughs) <laughs> for what you for what you believe in some people aren't happy with that so you get some backlash and we've gotten some backlash here and there I mean I've never I I came out when I was 14 years old and I unapologetically came out because I was at that point for me it was between surviving and being ha- proud of who I was and you know back when I was 14 it was in the eight early 80s and it wasn't quite as accepted as as it even is now so I'm all about that. So when I saw your message, I was like, yes, that is like the kind of thing you, I think a lot of businesses think, well, it's just business. So we should separate that. And I don't, I think that's not true, any, especially now in what the age we're living in. So have you faced much backlash from how transparent you've been on your site about your business? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we do. You know, right after that paragraph, we also have a sentence that I I, I don't have it pulled up, but I think it says something about, you know, if if you disagree with these values, like we just ask you to close the tab and and shop somewhere else. Like there's no need to, you know, I don't think we go this far into depth in, in what we wrote, but there's no need. Why do people feel the need to like 
email us or call us and tell us that they disagree and that they, they don't like it and they're not going to shop with us. And yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, oh gosh. And you guys know this so well. It's, it's frustrating. I don't understand why people feel the need to announce their, their disagreement. And I am, this conversation is so important and especially right now in, in light of everything that's been going on since George Floyd's murder at the hand of police officers in Minneapolis. And um, we are, uh, both of my businesses are, are based in Rapid City, South Dakota, which is a rural conservative area. And, you know, we've got a Black Lives Matter sign in our window. We've, we just put that sign up, um, you know, to, to show our support in, in light of everything that's going been going on, although that's been a value that we've we've closely held since we started. But prior to putting up the Black Lives Matter sign in our window, we had also had an ACLU open to all sign to show that we are an LGBTQ plus friendly, um, you know, space and uh, store. And we, we never really faced any backlash for having that ACLU sign. Um, but, you know, since putting up that Black Lives Matter sign just a few days ago, actually, the the number of um, people appearing in the windows and um, even people who have, who we, we are closed right now too, by the way, our store is closed because of the pandemic. We're only doing like, you know, curbside pickup and, and online shopping. The number of people who are, are trying to, to walk into our store and who are asking questions about what we're doing here and these the the people who are asking the questions I I think a lot of the times you can often tell when just by looking at somebody in the eyes if they have bad intentions and um you know you can tell by their tone of voice and then the way that they're looking at the sign that they don't agree with it um and so that's been a little frightening um to see the the number of um just in general, honestly, just in general, seeing the number of trucks driving around in South Dakota, which I want to point out is in the northern part of the United States, um, trucks driving around with Confederate flags and armed men walking around, you know, forming this militia. It's, you know, we're living in really scary times, but also the fact of the matter is, is that there's so much privilege in, in just that statement, too, of like, this is the first time that I've been scared of this, whereas people of color and especially black people in the United States have been dealing with this for hundreds of years. And I'm glad that we are in a point in time where we can protest on the streets and we can put these signs in our our windows, um, but this is not by any means enough. And so going back to what you were saying about, you know, how businesses should be taking a stance and how there's a lot of people who think that businesses shouldn't, that we should just be quiet. And I don't understand that mentality either because corporations have been spending millions of dollars every year to lobby the government and to get laws um, manipulated and and imposed that benefit them and not the individual citizens. And so why is it okay for large corporations to do all of this twisting and manipulations behind the scenes? But why is it not okay for small businesses to just say like, Hey, we are open to everybody and we're a welcome environment. And if you don't respect that, okay, go away. Like why, why is that such a, 
a surprising thing. It's well, it's unfortunate I, that it is. It is, and I will say you'll probably be defended by those same people if you're what you're saying aligns with, them, right? <laughs> yes. So yes. that's the thing. That's the difference. Yeah. It's like you know everybody's all for small business this and small business that, as long as your small business promotes their own personal mm-hmm. agendas, right? Yeah. So I think it's that's when people, you know, it's the same thing with this whole reopening and all that stuff. Reopen small business. Well, you know, first of all, it's the business owners right i mean they decide like you're still closed you've decided that's the safest thing for your employees and your customers that's absolutely right but you know or to wear a mask even to go out and wear a mask if i want to wear a mask because my wife has lupus and diabetes and i don't want to bring that to her that's my right that's not your right to tell me to take it off so yeah well that that even goes down a whole nother rabbit hole of like it is absolutely our right to wear masks but you know where i think a lot of the um conversations and debates that have been had in the last few weeks are, is it your right to tell other people to wear masks? And Mm -hmm. is that going against their first amendment rights? And you know, when it comes to a matter of public health and safety, I'm of the opinion of, you know, we, we do what's for the greater good, not for any one individual. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that goes right along with uh, the statement that you have on your website about, you know, close the tab. I mean, if, if somebody doesn't want to ma- wear a mask when they come into your store or your business, then they don't have to come into your store and your business, you know. And I think it's so important that uh, especially now that uh, small businesses and women owned businesses like yours and minority owned businesses really make it clear you know, what their values are. And I think that the more of us who do that, um, the louder our voices will be if we're together. Yeah. And our message has always been, and one of the things we say right up front when like we have a closed Facebook group, such an amazing amount of people, there's about 3000 folks in there in that closed Facebook group. And we're, we say right up front, we're a no bully zone. So if someone is just looking to start a meatless Monday or somebody's been vegan for 30 years. I mean, this is not the place to make people who have different values than you, you know, feel like to bully them. This is, we're just not going to tolerate that. And luckily over the years, we've had that group since 2013 and we've only had to kick out a couple of folks, but you know, you do have to draw that line. You have to say, this is the, this is our values. And if you don't agree with that, move on or we'll move you on. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You know, isn't that, that's one of the, great things about America is that we have that right to choose. You can choose where you shop. So if, if that company doesn't agree with your values, move on to somewhere that does. But right. you know, also keep an open mind and question your values and be open to changing your mind based on new information you receive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about too is that on your website, you mentioned that over 70% of your vendors are American female-owned small businesses. That's super cool. Now, is that something that you set out to do? Were you thinking, this is, this is what I want to do, or is that something that just kind of organically happened? Like our, our demographic, for example, is probably about 75% women that listen to us and, and are part of our community. But um, I, I, And we, we didn't really set out for that. I mean, sometimes your tribe finds you, right? <laughs> so is that, <laughs> is that something you made a conscious effort to do or in and then kind of embrace that or was it just kind of organically grew? Well, it, it happened organically at first. Um, and, and then it became a conscious decision after that. Um, I, I think you see the, the vegan, the vegetarian, the plant-based, the wellness, the zero waste, the environmental, all of these fields tend to be dominated by women. 
Um, and, you know, that's a whole nother topic of, of why those <laughs> demographics are the way that they are. Um, but the majority of our customer, customer base is women and the majority of businesses that are, you know, making products and doing things that aligned with, with my personal values and thus my company values also just happened to be other women-owned businesses. And that's who I was connecting with as I was looking for, you know, support in a community as I was starting out as a maker and as a retailer. Um, and, and so it just kind of happened. And I, I realized that we, we had a majority of, of women-owned vendors and, and then it became a conscious decision from there. Um, and that is actually, you know, one of the three um, core values of my company, too. We have environmental conservation, female empowerment, and community action. And so it's not just our, you know, our vendors that, that we strive for majority female-owned. It's also um, with my manufacturing business, it's our ingredient suppliers, it's our packaging suppliers. Um, these are decisions that I make when I'm hiring photographers or, you know, my bookkeeper, these, these other support positions that, that are, are connected to having a business. So I'm, I'm always trying to um, support and, and uplift other female-owned businesses that are similar to mine. That's great. That's great. Just as a side note, I, I, I have a, uh, just a personal Facebook page that I have that is about promoting uh, female musicians. And at first I thought, well, why don't I just promote musicians? But then I thought, well, you know, we need to kind of help boost each other women. Yeah. That is that uh, we need to really call these out and, uh, and, and really help to kind of help each other up the, uh, the, the ladder. Because uh, it, we, there's still a lot of discrimination out there, and I don't, I don't think folks necessarily um, always are aware of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's something when I'm looking for for other women-owned businesses, I'm, you know, it's it's not a deciding factor, but but something else that I take into consideration is the age, because I am a young female entrepreneur, and. I can't even begin to tell you the number of times when I've been, you know, by and by far the youngest person in, in a business meeting or, you know, definitely one of the only females and the number of times that people just don't take me seriously and, and don't think that I know what I'm doing. Um, and, and so I, I definitely want, I, I understand the um, frustrations that come with being a young female in a business setting. And so that's something else that I, I definitely want to support my, my other millennial um, female entrepreneurs too, because I know that this is a, a difficult space to navigate at times. Yep. I, and I don't say this to discourage you. I say this to hopefully empower you, but just know I am this month I turned 52 and it doesn't really go away. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but I hope that empowers you, not discourages you because I think it's so important. I think together and especially across the generations that as we, as we uh, continue to kind of further each other, I think that's definitely going to benefit us all. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just looking forward to the day where I'm not called little girl or young lady anymore yeah. in a business meeting. So at least that'll be a step of it. Wow, how condescending that is! <laughs> right? Yeah, and I and that's the kind of thing I think people, if they don't experience it themselves directly, uh, they just don't think that exists anymore. You know, I had a friend, a well, a yeah. well-meaning friend, and 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 bless bless her because she really was trying to learn. But she's like, is racism really that big of a deal anymore? I mean, she said oh. that to me. This is like I was like. Oh, uh, okay, look, and, and I get it. My perspective: I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gay uh, Hispanic woman living in the South, you know, in deep South Texas is where we mm -hmm. are. So I mean, yeah, okay, you know, but 
yeah, unless it affects you directly, you may just, it's easy to think that that's, that's not as big of a deal. That's so true. And, and, and that's to say like being called like, you know, young lady or whatever is, is nothing in, in light of what young black female entrepreneurs or mm-hmm. any, any young woman of color, especially in, in a business or, or any, not just business, any field that is traditionally dominated by men, you know, they, they go through it so much worse. And so I think everybody should just be conscious of that. And, you know, just, um, if you're in a room and you see it happen, say something like, just yeah. say like, you know, oh, that she's, is, yeah. she's not a young lady or, or just reinforce with your tone of voice, you know, using the proper title or, or something like that. You know, I used to think this is a fault of mine, but now I find it a strength is that I can't not say something. <laughs> good. Think, yeah. All right, Vicky, just, you know, like <laughs> then now it's like, you know what? That's actually a good oh. thing. Well, I think some of that comes with getting older too. It's like, yeah, yeah we, we just don't true. care as much that's anymore. That's <laughs> very true. Or no, I think you don't care about the consequences, but you care more. I think that's yeah. the thing. Is you, you're actually you care more about, about the issue and less about values, the consequences. What values your values are and are less, yeah. I think, willing to compromise yourself. Um, okay. So I did want to ask you too about some of the products that you have in your store. We were lucky, lucky enough to sample some of your products and we had the um, alcohol spray which was, uh, and then a couple of soaps. And I got to tell you, we got the spearmint soap. Soap was one of them. And it's, oh. it's in our room right now. Larissa, I love it too. But Larissa was like in love with this soap. Oh my gosh. It makes the whole bathroom smell like spearmint. It's so yummy. <laughs> yeah, I sent you guys. I sent you guys that one on purpose because that is our best-selling soap. It is just a, a crowd favorite. There's no why. way you can go wrong with it. I yeah, can see why. And we had another one too, but we haven't cracked that one open yet. But I mean, we smelled it. Smells awesome too. The sweet tea. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, that one is is cool too. So you want to talk maybe a little about some of the products that you have in your store? Of course. Yeah. So, um, of course we sell our own products in our store, um, our bestowed essentials line. Um, that's the, the soaps and the, the alcohol spray that I sent you. And we have quite a few other products, um, under bestowed essentials as well. Um, and then, um, we sell a variety of reusable, refillable products. We definitely try to stick to essentials. Um, I'm seeing this trend of, you know, sustainability is in right now. Like green is cool. And unfortunately with that, you're seeing so many green washed products and brands. And I'm seeing all of these like so-called zero waste store online stores popping up, um, where they give you no transparency about, how the products are made, where they're made, um, who's behind the brand, where they're shipping from, any of this stuff. And it's frustrating to see people capitalizing off of a movement that is inherently at its core anti-capitalist and, you know, is striving towards a circular sharing economy. And and so we really try not to um, sell unnecessary, luxurious things. And we do want to have a variety of things for everyone. That's been a kind of a difficult thing for me because I'm such a frugal, a simple person. Like I don't wear makeup. I am super hippie and, and crunchy, you know? And so I'm like, Oh no, like we don't need to sell like, you know, who needs lip balm? And it's like, well, actually like people do genuinely need lip balm if they have chapped lips, like that is an essential for some people. And, and so realizing what are essentials, um, not for me, but, but for most people is, is, 
uh, been a learning curve. But so we, we try to sell things that are actually important things that you will actually use every day. Um, we do try to keep them as affordable as possible. Now, the problem with that is that we are sourcing ethical and eco-friendly products and to be made with ethical um, and, you know, sustainably store, sourced ingredients and packaging and, and to be made with ethical labor that comes at a higher cost than the stuff that you're going to find at Walmart or on Amazon. And so what is affordable under the ethical umbrella is not the same as what's affordable under a a giant corporation. So that's always something to take into consideration as well when we're looking at our price points. But yeah, so we've got a lot of products on our online store. We do also have significantly more in our retail store, a lot more um, refillable things where you can bring containers, but unfortunately, that since since our retail store is closed right now, that's not currently an option. Um, hopefully, hopefully, in a few months, maybe this later this summer, we'll see. Yeah, you know, one of the things we try to do on this podcast and on our site, and I'm glad you brought this up, is that there are a lot of products out there that are that say, "Oh, we're vegan" or "no animal testing" and things like that, and we've you know, we've made several podcasts and, and also just posts on our on our website that talk about what does that really mean? You know, like the same thing with cage-free eggs and stuff like mm, that. What does that yeah. really mean? Because you really need to understand that before you put your dollars behind that because I, I totally believe you vote with your dollars and yes. that that these, like you said, these big companies are just trying to capitalize, some of them, not all of them, but some of them are trying to capitalize on this trend of, you know, natural this and natural that and we we've even we get requests to be on the show and we get requests can you try this product and all that i'm happy to because we love to bring good quality products to our community but i I always ask for samples because or or books or whatever we're, we're being asked to review because of that you know we've gotten some before that we had to say no thank you this isn't really in line with our community because Maybe it said no animal testing, but that doesn't, like you just said, it goes so much further back than just uh, did the, the, the actual item that you just sent me was not tested by you in this country by, on animals, but maybe it came from somewhere else and it wasn't sourced ethically. You know? So there's a lot of work that goes beyond that. And like you said, with that comes a lot of cost, particularly to a small business you know, trying to deliver these types of products. Absolutely. And that could be an entirely other podcast episode about supply chains and all of that. But something I forgot to mention, we are 100% vegan and cruelty-free, both in our um, our own production line and then all of the products that we choose to sell in our store. Um, that's something that we're always looking for. But, you know, it is hard to um, just doing the research and talking with the makers and, and checking their supply chain. And, and these third-party certifications can be just at an unaccessible price point for small businesses. We are certified with uh, as vegan and cruelty-free with PETA. And I know there's a lot of um, controversy around PETA. They're not exactly my favorite company. Um, but, you know, we haven't been able to afford the Leaping Bunny certification yet because it's significantly more expensive. And, you know, when my priorities with my budget are and, you know, investing back in my team and paying a livable wage. And as a small business, I don't know if it's going to be possible this year, but one of because of everything that's going on, but one of my year goals was to finally be able to offer health insurance. And so, you know, that's where my priorities lie. Um, But that doesn't mean that even though we don't have that 
you know, coveted leaping bunny certification doesn't mean that we aren't still absolutely 100% vegan and cruelty free. Um, all of our team is either vegan or, or vegetarian or, or one is, is flexitarian. Um, but you know, it's, it's something that, that we truly live even in our personal lives and, and we're really committed to. So I wanted to ask you if you could maybe give some tips, you know, we talked about how in our community, we, we really try to communicate the message that do what you can where you are. And I know, you know, when we're talking about this idea of zero waste can be very intimidating to people. If someone comes to you and just says, Callie, I really want to try to reduce my footprint. I want to, I want to do better. Where would you, what kind of tips would you maybe give them to, to start to, to do that? All right. So the first tip I have is weird. It's definitely weird. I recommend you start with a trash audit. That means save all of your trash for about a week. Um, if, if you can do longer and then I want you to go through and sort through your trash. And I know that's gross. A lot of people (laughs) don't want to touch their trash, but you cannot begin to reduce your trash. If you have no idea what it is that you're throwing away and what your trash actually consists of. So look at what it is you're throwing away. Look at what are the, the big uh, repeat offenders, you know, are you going through significant amounts of paper towels? Can you just, can, can you switch to just using rags instead? You know, I, I'm not, I don't think that people need to go out and buy a $32 roll of unpaper towels when I'm sure you probably have an old towel in your, in, in a cupboard, a closet somewhere that you can cut up and, and use as rags. You know, I'm all about reusing and repurposing what you have first. So if paper towels are a big thing, how can you replace that? If plastic bags are a big thing, how can you replace that? Ziploc bags, um, coffee cups, you know, maybe just bring your own uh, reusable cup to the the cafe. And I know, unfortunately, that's not exactly an option right now. Maybe you can make coffee at home instead. You'll save a lot of money if you do that too. That's the cool thing also about reducing your trash is you're going to see how much you're going to save too. It's crazy how much you save when you first stop buying the things that you don't need to buy. And second, buy reusables because you're going to get such a great return on investment when you buy a reusable product that you you can reuse for, you know, some things are, you know, you can reuse them a few dozen times. Some things are literally going to last you the rest of your life. Like a safety razor, for example, those old fashioned razors that your grandpa probably had, um, go back to using those instead of disposable razors. And I guarantee that things, if, if you treat it properly is going to last your entire life. So, so just, Think about what it is that you're using. Be aware of it. Uh, trash is oftentimes out of sight, out of mind. And so that's why I recommend that that's the first place you start is really seeing what it is that you're throwing away because then you can develop a customized to you or your household plan of what the big things are that you can change, eliminate, reduce, whatever. There's so many other things that you can do to to reduce your trash. There's amazing books. There's 101 ways to go zero waste. There's zero waste home, lots of different options. So many free resources to blogs, podcasts like my own Hippie Haven podcast. I also think that it's so important that we don't get caught up though in only thinking about what we can do in our homes in our own lives because the zero waste movement is not just about trash or plastic. It's about better living 
for everyone. So what can you also do in your neighborhood or in your community or in your network to make sure that other people have access to sustainable alternatives, to healthy foods, to natural products? How, how are you helping the other people in, in your life be able to do the same things that you do and to be able to live healthier as well? That's something that's important to think about too. Very cool. And you have resources also on your website, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and of, of course, if, if you are in need of, not just want, but actually in need of sustainable products, we've, we've got um, hippiehavenshop.com, but then we also have our, um, all of our free resources on hippiehavenpodcast.com. We've got over 70 episodes on so many different topics related to sustainability, everything from beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels. We talk about um, small space gardening. We talk about urban beekeeping, plastic pollution, saving the coral reefs, um, rainwater harvesting, lots of topics about veganism and, and reducing your trash. We talk about environmental racism. We talk about um, social justice, so many different episodes. So I highly recommend um, that if you're interested in, in learning more about any of that, that you check out that too. Especially in, in the way things are in the world today, I think that you know this is a great time for anyone who's kind of been maybe a little bit interested in this before to explore more, um, you know, as we, things are starting to open up, but I have a feeling, you know, with COVID, we're going to have a second wave and it, it's limiting the, the access we have to resources. And I think that this is just really an ideal time uh, if you're interested to kind of explore more of this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people have been spending more time at home than, than ever before, really. So what better time to, to be looking around the house and seeing what you're actually doing. A lot of things we just do robotically without even thinking about it. They just become habit and routine. Um, so that's really important. Um, also, there, there's one more thing that I, I forgot to mention too, is like packaging also isn't the end all be all. Um, there's so many things to take into consideration. You know, I think it's, and if you look at the carbon footprint, it's significantly better to buy a meat alternative that might come in plastic than it is to buy that mm. um, meat in the, that's been imported from who knows where and is part of who knows how many animals' bodies. And, and so you don't have to feel like you have to cut out plastic completely. There's, there's other things that go into it. And, you know, you might be able to even find a product that's in glass that you can recycle. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that product came from 600 miles away and it actually might have a lower carbon footprint to buy a locally made product in plastic. And then you're also helping support your local economy and supporting local entrepreneurs. So it's, it can get very overwhelming to, to try to think about all these different factors, but it is important to consider multiple things, not just the, the packaging or the trash that's created, but who is supported, um, who is harmed by what you're buying and, um, you know, the, the other factors that are included as well. Well, Kelly, it has been incredible having you on the show talking about all of this. Quite honestly, this is something we've done a couple of episodes uh, in the past on um, reducing your footprint and such, but this has been like a masterclass in that. So thank you so much for all of this information. And, and like I said, we will definitely be 
hooking up folks with your uh, podcast and also your website in the show notes. And where else can people find you, uh, particularly like on social media? Well, unfortunately, I spend all too much time on Instagram. Um, people, that's probably the best way to, to interact with me and to see really what we're doing on um, generally a day-to-day basis is on Instagram at Hippie Haven Shop is where to go. Excellent. Excellent. So we'll hook up there too. Thank you so much again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're such, you're such a fresh voice um, in you know, this whole space. And, and I think that's so important right now for everything you're doing. So thank you. Thank you both so much. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Well, that was an awesome interview. I really yeah, appreciated having Callie on the show. Uh, you know, I, I, I just can't emphasize enough how important, especially in this day and age, it is to vote with your dollars. We've always said since the beginning of our podcast how important it is that we are putting our money behind things that that the that align with our values, right? That's right. So uh, anyways, like we said, we are going to hook you up with all the links to the places you can find her in uh, social media and also to her website in the show notes. And uh, we hope that you found this episode to be enlightening and also very valuable. And we hope you order some soap and find it as awesome as we did. And you're going to find that spearmint soap particularly. (laughs) I understand why that's a bestseller for sure. All right. I think that does it for our episode this week. Until next time, peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.